Hello listeners, and thanks for joining us for this edition of Corona Chronicles. If you're interested in learning more about the ways that our community is adapting in the midst of the coronavirus crisis, you're in the right place. It's your chance to better understand how the news about this pandemic may affect you and your life. You may even learn about the ways you can contribute to the greater good, and it only takes a few minutes of your time. The novel coronavirus pandemic has illuminated a new way to meet community needs, mutual aid. According to the Stanford Social Innovation Review, these projects are a model of community resilience and collective empowerment that is working. Columbia SC has its own mutual aid project called Mutual Aid Midlands. In March, a group of Carolina residents noticed problems caused by the pandemic and they took action. Reporter Aidan Tomlinson sat down with Dr. Deborah Billings, a professor at the University of South Carolina who has worked around the world on women's health and who is a proud member and organizer of Mutual Aid Midlands. You've traveled all over the world. What led you to South Carolina? So, yes, traveled all over the world, gotten to live in and work in Mexico for many years of my life. And while working in Mexico City, met the person who became my husband. Long story short, the organization that I worked for is based out of Chapel Hill. And when we were living in Mexico, um, we had a baby there and decided to come back to the U.S. And he got a job at the University of South Carolina. Naively, this seemed to be a good place to come because surely I could drive to Chapel Hill, which is about four hours away with a newborn. (laughs) I was 40 years old and incredibly naive. So that's what brought us to South Carolina. I looked at your CV a little bit and I noticed that you studied sociology and anthropology. All of your work has been public health centered. So how are those things connected? I started off as a biology major and then transformed my major into anthropology and Latin American studies. Just appreciating the lab work and the world of biology and some of the stuff I was doing there, but really loving history. I love engaging with people and I was learning Spanish and, you know, just sort of those things fitting together. And then uh, lived in Latin America, um, working on the border, uh, the U.S.-Mexico border for some time doing public health work on the Mexican side of the border. Dr. Billings went on to explain that she was accepted to a fellowship that funded a graduate degree in sociology. So she took public health classes while getting her PhD and then went into public health work after. Here she is talking about the differing perspectives on community health. Public health traditionally has, at least in the U.S., been very individually oriented. Let's change individual behavior. That is shifting over the last decade or so. My perspective coming in as a sociologist has been you need to focus on structures need to focus on policy. You need to focus on things like the isms, the racism, sexism, classism, because unless you address those root causes, the terminology in in public health is social determinants of health. That's sociology. Next, I asked her how her public health background informed the creation of Mutual Aid Midlands. She told me that most of the group are involved in public health as graduate students, professors, and community members who all take that structural approach that she's talking about and use it to shape the project. Especially in times of crisis, but actually never, can you just sort of wait for organizations or the state, you know, government to sort of take care of everything? Because that's not going to happen, right? Our structures are too slow. There needs to be pressure and organizing from all sides. And there needs to be collaboration from all sides. And so we got together initially saying, 
this is going to be hard. This is going to be really bad for people, especially uh, who have much more limited access to resources. And we need to do something as neighbors that will be respectful, that will respect people's dignity and recognize that there are going to be needs that need to be met pretty immediately. So seeing the problems that were imminent because of the pandemic, they started a hotline in English and Spanish for people to call. A story by WLTX covered them, and in 24 hours, they had over 50 calls. They have a group of volunteers making masks and have taken calls for different needs, such as food, because, as she says, From one day to the next, people have lost their jobs, lost income. Most likely, they still haven't received a stimulus check. They put out a Facebook announcement with ways for people to contribute, and within five days, they've been able to feed 20 families. So we're not pretending to answer everything and every need. The idea is empower people with information, but also recognizing that if you don't have any money in your pocket to buy food, you need food. We all have needs and we all have something to give. So let's figure out a structure where we can put that into practice. You've actually touched on something that I was wanting to talk about with you, that mutual aid projects are able to empower people instead of waiting on politics to change things. How have you seen that play out in this project? That's a really important question because what we're trying to do and the ways in which we're trying to do this work, it's not the dominant model that we've all grown up with. Mm -hmm. When we fall into a charity sort of framework, I think that people contribute to that for the most part out of kindness. The dominant models, though, can be very patronizing, and we're trying to break that. Dr. Billings noted that the other thing they've been trying to step away from is the urge to take care of things for people in need. Instead, they're giving them the information they need and the help they need to do things themselves. If I were in that situation, I would want someone to give me the information so I can do it myself. But at the same time, know that someone is there to say and saying, and we are saying, look, if you don't get through or you don't get the response that you need, call us back. Not that we're going to do it for you because we can't, but we'll, we'll brainstorm with you. So what we're trying to do as well is not say that this is just a one-time thing, trying to open up lines of communication. Again, just recognizing that we all are living in these communities together. While they sometimes use delivery services, members are very hands-on in the process. In fact, Dr. Billings had two deliveries to make right after we spoke. If there's one thing among the many things that this current crisis might serve to do is to connect neighbors in genuine ways. Maybe that sounds idealistic, and but let's be, you know, let's, let's try it. In a more practical way, what do you see the mutual aid project doing going forward in the pandemic and potentially after? She told me that they want to keep protecting people's confidentiality while also talking with local decision makers to show what they're doing and lobby for action from the government to fix the problems in the Midlands. The point is we're in a crisis moment Neighbors are coming to other neighbors, supporting other neighbors. But in the end, it is the responsibility of our city and our state and our federal governments to use the tax dollars that we pay to provide basic services. Dr. Billings told me that one group that Mutual Aid Midlands is supporting is the immigrant population in Colombia, whose needs are often invisible. They are almost always not eligible for federal relief packages, despite being taxpayers. So we need to continue to recognize that they live and work and are part of our community, and they can't be ignored. In the end, not in the end, there's no end in sight. Quite honestly, I don't think we're, I, don't, I think Mutual Aid Midlands is just going to grow. 
Before we hung up, Dr. Billings told me more about her vision for the future. She hopes that other people will start mutual aid projects in their own areas in the city, maybe even one specifically for students to help each other out. Speaking of students, Mutual Aid Midlands has also enabled Dr. Billings and her colleagues to develop an honors class on mutual aid for this fall. It's about looking at mutual aid as a sort of challenge to charity and philanthropy in the traditional ways in which those have been constructed. And the idea is to just get students out of those dominant models and thinking about the work in these somewhat different ways. Really excited about getting young people like yourself truly involved in this work and seeing how it can link to whatever you do in life, not just in the future, but right now. For more information on Mutual Aid Midlands, visit their Facebook page at Mutual Aid Columbia SC. For Corona Chronicles, I'm Aiden Thomason. Corona Chronicles provides in-depth coverage of news and issues in our community and is designed to serve the public interest. It's produced through a partnership between USC's Honors College, the School of Journalism and Mass Communications, and the Garnet Media Group. For a full transcript of today's episode, go to www.garnetmedia.org and look for Corona Chronicles. Thanks for joining us. And before we sign off, here's a message for you. Glad to be back in Columbia, seeing friends, heading back to class. Unlike other colleges and universities, we get to come back. But keeping it that way means keeping your distance. The CDC says staying six feet apart is the easiest way to slow the spread of COVID-19. So stay back, stay healthy, and lead the way. Because nobody wants to go back to Zoom you.